Hi, everyone, and welcome to the PhD to be podcast, a podcast where we talk about all things graduate school. My name is Dallas, and I'm here with my co host, Natalie. Hey, everyone. And on today's episode, we are going to be talking about how we have come to reconnect with our culture after moving away from home for graduate school. Hope you enjoy. everyone. So on today's episode, Natalie and I are going to be talking about how we have sort of reconnected with our culture in our, like their respective cultures, right? Like we're not really we're from not the, the same. same. <laughs> we're not the same background. Um, <clears throat> although I think people probably think we look kind of alike. We both have dark hair, mm-hmm. darker skin tone, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, not the same background. No. At all. <laughs> very different. So, very, very different. Um, so we're going to talk about how we've been able to find connection to our culture. Um since moving away because it's kind of hard when you're used to living at home or just being in the area you grew up in and then you leave and you're like I miss home yeah yeah um so not that this matters but I've kind of gotten to a point where I like to sort of give background on how I got to things um so I came up with this topic which again not that it matters but the reason why I came up with this topic was because I realized at the peak of my burnout, which was fall 2022, um, when I was like super depressed and all those types of things. And I write in one of my friend's blog, I I wrote a post about how when I really hit that peak anxiety and depression, I lost a lot of weight. And that was a red flag for me because one, I I literally lost a lot of weight in like such a short time span but I like didn't want to eat and that Mm. for me was like oh you got something really going on and I mean I knew what was going on because I'd been dealing with it for a a while but it was in that moment that I kind of was like I don't like the way that I'm feeling and I really miss being home Mm -hmm. and because I missed being home and I couldn't just go home like I'm four hours away, which is not a long like hours. You're like six hours away from home. Yeah. And so like, you know, I can't just get up and go to my mom's house, you know, and, and get the comfort of that. Um, and so I kind of came to this point that was like, you know, how about I cook or learn how to cook? Because this is really where it boils down to. How about I learn how to cook or find places to eat things that remind me of my culture Mm -hmm. and that's how we landed on this topic and dallas has experienced a very similar thing in her own way and so i thought Mm -hmm. why not let's just talk about it yeah so so why don't we talk about like what our cultural backgrounds are for i mean i know if, if you listen to the podcast you already know but just in case yeah so i am mexican american uh my parents are immigrants from mexico Um, And I grew up in two very uh, Hispanic communities, Latino communities. I was born in Chicago, but 
um, the areas that where he lived in were very minority based. Mm-hmm. And so all the stores and all those things really sort of catered to these communities. And then I moved to Houston, which is one of the most diverse places in the U.S. Um, and there's so many of us. There's so many, you know, Mexicans mm-hmm. and, and, and Latinos and whatnot. And so that was really the culture that I grew up in. And then then I moved to Stillwater and there's nothing but white people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I'm in DFW, which is more diverse than uh, Stillwater, but not nearly as diverse as Houston. So Right. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. So I'm from Louisiana. I'm from South Louisiana um, in the Lafayette area. So um, I'm from what they call the Cajun heartland. So a lot of Cajun food, a lot of seafood, which I actually didn't grow up eating a lot of seafood because my dad doesn't eat seafood, but whatever, he's wrong. Um, (laughs) um, And my dad's actually from New Orleans. So my dad's side's from New Orleans. My mom's side is from like the Lafayette area. So I got my Cajun side, I got my New Orleans side. So kind of grew up with a blend of those cultures kind of meshing together from my dad and my mom. and, you know, I didn't discover my uh, yearn for my parents cooking and home, you know, in culture that much via experiencing burnout like Natalie did. But I kind of had already been missing home, like pretty much not long after I moved to Texas because I was like, you know, the food's just so different. Like, I don't know how to describe it. It's just it's got. The food in particular is what I miss the most probably because it's like a big part of Louisiana. It's just like everybody knows like when they think Louisiana, I think they automatically think like gumbo, crawfish, stuff like that. Mardi Gras probably. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so I feel like it just comes with like this set amount of like things that you already are thinking about when you like hear Louisiana and food's just such a big part of that. Um, that I was really missing, like, the food. Yeah, as someone who um, has never been to Louisiana, um, when I think of Louisiana, I think about the food. I think about primarily all of those things that you described. And so, for honestly, for, for you, I feel like there's even more of a stark contrast. Because mm-hmm. I'm still in Texas, yeah, right? There's a big like, Hispanic population in Texas, mm-hmm. just more gen- just more broadly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and in Houston, actually, because of hurricanes that have kind of happened over the years, we've, uh, a lot of Louisiana folks, mm-hmm. like, moved have into. Moved. So, like, Houston's kind of become a little bit more of that mesh. Um, but I feel like there's even more of a stark contrast between your culture and the food that they have specifically like here in dfw you also went to college you went to AM, so you know college station like that mm-hmm. seems to be a very stark contrast whereas like you can't find my food like almost anywhere i think yours i feel like is a little bit more like you're not going to find it as much yeah or and, as easy. and there's and there's like restaurants around like there's like that Razoo's cajun cafe or whatever but like i don't know i've only been there once and i got a po' boy and like you really can't mess that up so I don't really know if their food's actually good. I've been to another restaurant where I had um, red beans and rice, and it was okay. I don't remember the name of it, but it wasn't Razoo's. I know that. And it was good, but it wasn't that good, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but that that tends to be a lot of places that try to recreate Cajun food. Cajun food. They just, like, don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah, you know, um, this conversation 
really just sort of makes me think about international students. Yeah. And how, like, if they move to the U.S. or anywhere, right, that's very different than the culture that they grew up in, um, you're going to want, they're going to want or miss, just like we do, even though we're in a lot shorter distances and it's a little bit different. Like Just the comforts of home. Yeah, and, like, like going out and looking for that, right? Like, that, to me, just makes me specifically think about them, but even just more broadly like if you go to grad school away from home whether that be Mm -hmm. a state away a couple states away like Mm -hmm. whatever like there's still something from your home life maybe certain foods that your parents or you know grandparents or family members used to make that they that you like miss and you never maybe learned how to do it like you still kind of have that comfort I mean food is comforting and like being around your culture like all those things and like knowing that that's really comforting especially when you move to a place that's like almost stark contrast to where you grew up yeah for sure so yeah and like not just the food too like louisiana's got very specific music too that i really enjoy listening to i love zydeco music um i used to go cajun dancing with my friends on sundays um can't go Cajun dancing in Texan in Texas. You could go. <laughs> I did not even know that was a thing. You could go two stepping. You can do the Texas two step to country music, but like that ain't what I want to do. I want to go Cajun dancing. You That's, know what I mean? I like, did not even know that was a thing. Yeah. Wow. I want to go and like in Louisiana too. Like in where I'm from in particular, like we have a lot of festivals too. There's all in in Lafayette's actually really big on supporting the arts as well which i think it's interesting because like we're not really known for like our art scene necessarily but they are big on like supporting the arts there's a lot of like local theater groups there's a lot we have art walk once a month where like the first saturday i think it's the first saturday of every month like downtown they'll have like local artists go out and showcase their art you can buy like you could purchase it um or you can just look it used to be like once i think every six months so it was big and then they decided to do it like small scale once a month which i don't think is as fun because it was cooler when art walk was like huge because it would be like an all day thing like you'd go all day um so we've always been really big on like music um art in general dance like i i did ballet growing up like people were very supportive of like the ballet scene you know what i mean like it, it and when i got to college station i was really expecting to see especially because it's a college town a lot of like you know people who were in like theater or music or whatever ha- having more of that kind of going around like the town because it's a college town and there really wasn't much of that and i was kind of like what do we do over here if we're not like supporting these programs supporting local art supporting local artists you know what what are we gonna like what else is there to do because in Lafayette there's always something to do there's always a concert even if it's just a small local like Zydeco band playing like there's always something there's always live music always a concert always something going on you could always find like a little theater thing going on somewhere to go see a show you could there's always something. So when I got to College Station, I was like, there's nothing to do here. I was like missing home so bad because I was just, I, I mean, outside of doing my schoolwork, right? Like I would be bored. I'm like, there's nothing to do here except go to the football games. And then you can imagine once COVID 
um, hit and like everything got shut down, it got even more boring. So I was just bored in College Station. Luckily, Fort Worth has a lot more stuff to do. But even then, like I don't find it's as like, I don't, I mean, it's probably because I'm just not connected. I don't really know about all the different things going on. But luckily, there are a lot of art museums here that are really cool. There is a lot going on here. I'll take it back. There is. No, there is. Yeah. I, I think, I think it's just a matter of like going out there and, and like, like actually finding out about it. Like and, if you know about it, you know about it. And I feel like ever since you started dating Raul, like y'all have kind of been doing more of those things too. So it's also yeah. just like also the company that you're with, right? That's like true. who are you hanging out with too right. so i yeah. think i think it's just part of it so that's true i love so. that you brought up covid because i didn't even think about that like how isolation and just not even being able to go out like how that can have like such an impact on like even how you like whether or not you're like doing your culture or like being right. in your culture but then yeah. like you said like there's nothing to do here one there's nothing to do here period two there's definitely nothing to do here that reminds me of my culture so it's like yeah there's like nothing yeah. there it's like no wonder i'm missing home yeah so for you natalie what are some things like i know the answer to this but i was gonna see what was like do you remember what the first thing you like cooked for me was when you were trying to like get back to your Mexican like culture and you were learning to cook more authentic Mexican foods? Was it the chiles rellenos? Okay, look, I think it was. I think it was because like so when I actually when this sort of started happening, right? I like really hit it. Like, let's try everything. So I made you chiles rellenos. Mm -hmm. I made you that green spaghetti. Oh yeah, the poblano pasta. Yes. And I have been telling, so now that I'm dating someone who's also Mexican-American, he also really enjoys cooking, like learning how to cook like Mexican food. So now I'm like, if Natalie's not going to make me that poblano pasta, <laughs> you need to do it because I loved that. And it had crema in it mm -hmm. and I don't eat crema mm -mm. but i ate that pasta it's good and then so i made you i don't remember the order of it, it i was, don't remember the order but i remember what you made yeah so i made the poblano pasta with the chicken mm -hmm. and then i also did the chile rellenos mm -hmm. and then i made the green chicken pozole yep those are like the first three mm -hmm. things you made and they were all divine and it's so funny because like especially i, I can remember this especially with the green chicken pozole that to me when i achieved that when i did it and i tasted it and i loved it i was just like it gave me so much confidence to say like i can learn how to cook other mexican things yeah and really sort of be the um i don't even know how to describe it like be the be the agent in like choosing to do like i am the one who can do these things yeah because like the biggest thing is like when I was growing up, like my mom, she's a stay-at-home mom. She doesn't work outside of the home. And so she just cooked everything. And she never taught me how to cook. And yeah. so when I went to Oklahoma State, I had to learn how to cook, right? But I would just cook things that were just easy or basic. You know, I was too scared to really tackle on those like... More complicated. More complicated. Well, at least I thought in my head that they yeah, were complicated. they seemed complicated. Um, but, you know, when I... Like I said, when I had that sort of burnout moment with the anxiety and the weight loss and just not even liking food and then missing my mom and her cooking and just being home, I was like, no, I'm going to do this. And I did it. And like that really gave me the confidence. And plus Dallas, 
is an amazing person to cook for. I'm a pretty, I don't like a lot of white foods. Like I don't like mayo, sour cream, cream cheese, crema. Yeah. A lot of things like that. A lot of cheeses. Like I'm kind of weird about that stuff. But other outside of that, I'm a pretty adventurous eater. Yes, you are. I will try most anything. She will. And I have an audience. Like the other thing is, is my husband, he's half white, half Filipino. He didn't grow up with Mexican food, you know, like I did, obviously. Mm -hmm. And so he is a little bit more hesitant on what he'll try, which is Mm -hmm. fine. But like, I'm sitting here wanting to make these foods and who am I going to feed? Well, that's really when Dallas and I were like hanging out and sort of like, you know, doing all, you know, our friend stuff. BFF dumb was born yes and so i was like well dallas will eat almost anything so let me ask her if she'll eat this and she you know would come over and we'd work and whatever and then i'd cook lunch for her and she'd eat it so it's like not only did i have to did i feel comfort and like power in the fact that i could do these things i also had someone to share it with yeah which which is so important too and Natalie's an excellent cook. And let me just say, her green pozole gets better every time. Like, not that it was ever bad to begin with. Like, it was good the first time, but she has, like, mastered it. And so now she'll be like, hey, I'm going to make green pozole. Do you want to come over? And I'm like, yep. That's not a question. Thank you. Or if that. I can't come over, she'll be like, I'll, I'll save you some. And Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, that's not a question. Yes, I want green yes. pozole always. <laughs> do you it's remember? It's become one of my favorite foods, actually. Oh, that, I didn't know like, that. Like, I always am you like, do really do I like really it, yeah. like it. Yeah. Well, I'm happy that you like it. And I honestly, like, I think, which I might touch on this later, but I, since we're here, I might as well just say it now. But, like, I think another element of this conversation is just, like, I have really feel like I've come into my Mexican identity. Mm-hmm in academia because of this experience like i get to share my culture with my colleagues Mm -hmm. and there are like there was one other mexican student she graduated in the fall and then there's one other mexican student who's a year older who doesn't really hang around so i'm like the mexican if i can just be (laughs) yeah you know (laughs) of of the group of the cohorts and so like for me it's been so fun to be able to not only like learn how to make these things or go buy certain mexican treats but then also just being able to share that like Mm -hmm. i feel so much more mexican which to me is so important because like and i don't know if you've experienced this so because it it could be a little bit different especially when Mm -hmm. you're like not from your culture is not like an american culture which yours technically isn't either so maybe you let me know like when you're mexican-american specifically like there's always like oh well you're not mexican enough because you're american and you're not american enough because you're mexican so you're like you never really know what's sufficient or enough for people and Mm -hmm. like growing up my cousins were a lot more mexican than i was Mm -hmm. I was a little bit more assimilated than them. And so like, for me, it's always been such a struggle to feel sort of that identity. Mm -hmm. Like I speak Spanish, which to me is a huge part of that personally. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, there are other things that I'm just not a big fan of. Like I don't like dancing, like the Mexican, (laughs) like dancing. The music has kind of become a, a more like popular thing for me just because I'm like listening to a lot of music, like growing up, my dad listened to, my mom listened to. But the food thing has really felt 
mm-hmm. has really been a thing that has like really made me feel mm-hmm. Mexican. Yeah. So for sure. Do you feel like you've experienced that too? Like is, is being or cooking Cajun food, like something that people are like expected to do, or if you don't do it, you're not like, yeah. well, how does that work? I don't, I don't know. Well, cause you know, my family, I always felt like I wasn't like a real Cajun growing up because my family really, as much as we are like, you know, I grew up in South Louisiana. My mom's, you know, Cajun. Like the way I grew up was different because my dad's from New Orleans, and then my family's not Catholic. My parents don't like to drink. Like, like the Louisiana culture's got like a big like emphasis on like we love to party. They have big known for having like big families and like always having everybody and their mama over for dinner and like always having like a ton of food and like everybody's welcome and blah 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 and like my family just doesn't really partake in that kind of stuff not that we don't like have people over or things like that but like we're just not part of like the broader like culture that's known for like loving to party and always having an excuse to party drinking copious amounts of alcohol and having like this huge family where all we do is party out in the middle of nowhere and like always like we just weren't really into that kind of thing so and then like not being catholic also is like a huge thing because that's such a huge part of the culture in in south louisiana and i mean massive like and because we're not like it just kind of felt like oh that's like i'm not a real cajun or something which isn't true and then my dad being from new orleans it's different culture too so um not like they don't like like, my dad doesn't know how to speak French. You know what I mean? My mom doesn't really know much French either. She knows a good bit, but she, like, didn't really, like, want... I, I don't know if she didn't want to learn it necessarily when she was growing up because my grandmother spoke French. And I feel like my mom... I don't know if she just, like, kind of didn't care when she was younger, but, like, she regrets not knowing it now, and now it's too late. You know, like, my grandparents are gone, so who's gonna teach it to her, you know? And so, like, I didn't, like, there's just, I don't even have a Cajun last name, you know? Like, so there's a lot of things, like, in myself that didn't feel Cajun. So it wasn't actually until I moved to Texas that I was like, wait a minute, I am a Cajun. Like, I do feel like that is who I am. And, like, I I know I'm different from everybody in Texas because they don't, they don't listen to the same music I listen to all the time because I do love my Zydeco. Like, I'm like, they don't know French. They don't know... (laughs) They don't eat Cajun food. They don't eat gumbo. And in College Station, they do eat crawfish. But, like, it's not the same. <laughs> you know, like... Yeah. Uh, you know, so I felt more Cajun when I moved to Texas. When Isn't I was it? like, mm-hmm. When I was like, wait a minute. I don't... I ain't Texan either. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I can't just, like, go to any other state and mm-hmm. feel like I belong either. Like, I am. Like, I am Cajun. Which like, is, like, a good a good and bad thing like obviously like if you if you do move from places like i was reading dr hoag's book she's mm-hmm. from nebraska but she went to oregon state for her master's mm-hmm. and just the stark contrast that was there mm-hmm. that also kind of like exactly what you're saying like it really being in that space really reminds you that you're different mm-hmm. and it's not like you are and correct me if i'm wrong but like it's not like you're saying like i don't belong here but it also it also just kind of makes you think like i don't belong here because of these reasons and that's okay because that's yeah. who i am and it's not like i hate texas i don't belong to texas but like when i think of texas like like we have friends who are from here they love their 
they love to go two-stepping. They love their cowboy boots. They love to go, you know, they love their, like, barbecue, whatever. I like barbecue, too, but it's just different. And, like, mm-hmm. that's not me either. You know what I mean? So it's not like I could just, I feel like it wouldn't matter where I was. I would feel more Cajun than I would feel like I was someone from whatever state I was living in. I could be in Mississippi. It would it would it'd be the same kind of feeling. Like, yeah. it could be Oklahoma. It'd be the same feeling. Like, I feel more connected to my Louisiana, like my culture from like being a South, a South Louisianian, however um, <laughs> I say you want to yeah. say that. Uh, I feel more connected now more than I ever have because now I'm like, no, I know what good Cajun food is and this ain't it. Or I know how to make, I know how to cook, you know, whatever. And I know I can do it better or just as good as my mom. I'm still, I'm still learning things. Like I still have yet to make a gumbo cause I'm scared, but yeah, I love, I love this conversation because like it really, and not that we want to give grad school all the credit, but let's be honest. Like we probably wouldn't have like had that experience or this yeah. experience of really coming into ourselves if we hadn't moved. Yeah. No. Cause if I was living in, if I was still in Lafayette right now, like if I wanted a gumbo or a rice and gravy or whatever, I would just call my mom and be like, Hey, you making a, make this you, for me. Can you make a gumbo? Mm-hmm. Hey mom, can you make rice? Hey Papa, can you boil some crawfish? It's crawfish season. Like, yeah, I ain't going to get that over here, but I can make do without, you know, yeah, what I mean? yeah. Like, there's certain things that I'm, you know, gonna miss, but, uh, mm-hmm. being in Texas, but that's fine. But like, I know that if I want a gumbo, I know I can make it. I haven't cause I'm a scaredy cat. Um, don't be scared I know you should I, do it last time I went home for Christmas when I went home for Christmas most recent I wrote down like all the things my mom did so now I have like a step-by-step everything so one of these days I'm gonna have to go get like some of the ingredients but I need to I need do to do it. it I need to just bite the bullet and do you it. it's should. just been busy it's kind of like me with my tamales back in this was it the spring of last year yeah a year ago I think it was maybe around April or May of last year that mm-hmm. I made tamales all by myself and you're you had to call your mom right i had to call my mom and she told she, you like step by step what she to do. basically because the hardest part about making tamales is like the consistency of things mm-hmm. and so i put her on my little not facetime because i don't have an app an iphone but like just a, sort of a similar thing google yeah. whatever video call and she like showed me how to do it and you know what it was a very daunting task but i did it and they turned out really great they turned out really good because i ate some so you know you should really i know i need to do it i've mastered a few other things like i'm pretty good at getting a rice and gravy down now um i know that's probably like i could say that's more southern but like a cajun rice and gravy is just different it is different it's different Mm -hmm. so i've got that down i'm gonna make red beans and rice one day i've tried to make jambalaya it was okay but i'm gonna do it again i need to practice um what was that one thing you made, Sean and I, that one time? It had roux in it. Meatball stew. Yes. Is that Cajun? Yes. Yeah, because it had a roux I'm in sure it. other people, places make quote unquote meatball stew. But again, like Cajun was just going to be different. It was good. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah. I, I, I've mastered that one. I think I've Yay. made that a, a good bit of times and it's really good. But now that I'm trying to like lessen the amount of red meat I eat, I haven't made it in a while. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got to keep that cholesterol down, girl. Dallas is a good cook, by the way. So she's really good. You are better than me. Not in a negative. I'm not trying to be negative to myself, but you really are 
a fantastic cook. Well, thank you. I, I, my, both my parents are really good cooks. I think I got the cooking gene. I, I do think I'm a decent cook, but I think anybody can cook. If you can follow a recipe, you can cook. Well, you know what, girl? I can't follow recipes. So but you're a good cook. Well, I just kind of, sometimes it goes well, sometimes it doesn't, but that's okay. And can I say, I think I'm honorary Mexican and Natalie, you are. Natalie started the journey of me becoming honorary Mexican. And now that I'm dating um, a Mexican, I'm becoming even more honorary Mexican because I'm trying to learn Spanish. Yeah. And you I've are. learned more about like Mexican food within the past like year yeah. really than I've ever known. And like I went to a Mexican restaurant over a break with my mom and dad back home and I was like, they did not make these tortillas. And it was really disappointing. <laughs> and I was like, I'm spoiled oh now. Oh my gosh. I'm spoiled. They weren't even the El Milagro tortillas. I was like, this is ridiculous. Oh my gosh, those are so good. Like, they were for sure like just the mission corn tortillas. Ew, they were sad. Those are not that good. I know. But anyway. Anyway. So yeah, I'm Cajun and now honorary Mexican. Yes. And we're just going to keep, I think we're both just going to keep connecting to our cultures in whatever way that looks like as time goes on and we'll become master chefs of our culture's cuisines and we're just going to keep doing the thing. Yeah. It's been really fun. Recently, I made a tres leches cake. <sighs> y'all it was, it was so good thank you and i she brought me a piece and i shared it with the little girl i babysit and she ate it up too and i was like that's good if if he likes it it's good because that's a picky girl yeah it was really good not gonna lie yeah um i've made choco flan choco flan i've made flan pumpkin flan pumpkin like cake with flan with flan yeah i've made the other thing is and, and this is something maybe we sort of touched on but like i've also started going to more mexican like grocery stores <gasps> yeah just because i'm like sur wanting to surround myself with the mm -hmm. things that i grew up you know eating yeah. or drinking or whatever so like i'll go to like the fiesta and i'll go to like the cookie aisle and i'm like these cookies like i used to go yeah or one of my favorite things and this is i'm really happy that this works out for sean too because he really likes it we started going to a panaderia oh couple yeah. of minutes down the road from us and the bread like i literally oh yeah. okay hold on let me explain this moment so it was after mass and i was like sean can we go to this panaderia and he's like sure so we went to this panaderia and we park and we go in and i i i feel like i had like a very spiritual experience at this bakery because like it's all the breads and things that I grew up eating mm -hmm. and I'm putting stuff on the plate and I'm having, and I'm so excited and we pay and we get back in the car. And I said, Sean, I am so happy. Yeah. Like I was like so incredibly happy mm -hmm. to like just one, do that. Cause yeah. I had been wanting to go, but I hadn't gone. And then like to actually go and just like be in that space and just be reminded of like, whenever we used to go to panaderias or whenever you used to get like sweet bread from like like grocery mexican grocery stores and whatnot so like it really just brought me so much like joy i'm like yeah. i i want everyone who moves away from home again whether that be a couple of hours a state or a whole like series of countries away yeah. i want them to be able to find places like that that they can yeah. go and get the things that bring them comfort yeah and also while we're talking about it because we were kind of talking about it before we started the episode like you don't have to have a particular like 
I don't know, ethnic background or racial background or like you don't have to be Cajun. You don't have to be Mexican to connect to a culture. Like even if you're like moving from one, like, I don't know, uh, Midwestern state to another, like that doesn't mean that you're not going to miss your culture. Like we all have a culture. We all have things that like, there's always, we ate when we yeah. were growing up. There, you know, there there's are, always going to be things that you that your mom or dad made when you were a kid that you're like, oh, that's my favorite meal. I want to learn how to recreate that. It doesn't need to be like some fancy like uh, n- food that has some like has some like heritage of some sort like connected to it, like the way Mexican food does or the way like Cajun food does. Like it could literally be like, I really loved when my mom made. I don't know. A stew of some sort right like and it doesn't have to be like it could be something totally not related to your own like it could just be a recipe that she follows that she found in a magazine from like a, 20 years ago and you just really love it like it doesn't have to be anything in particular like we all have stuff that we like from back home music that we grew up listening to like not even just cajun music i when i want to feel like when i want to relive my childhood i throw on some britney spears <laughs> Yeah. Everybody knows I love me some Britney, so. No, that's a good like, point. It could be anything. I, I really like that you bring that up just because, like, I think, and maybe we can wrap up unless there's other things that we have to say, but, like, I think what a lot of people don't think about is, like, and we talked about this in the Christmas, the after-school snack Christmas episode, that basically, like, part of going to graduate school is also growing up. Mm-hmm. right growing up and like having your own place like how are you going to decorate your own place like how are you going to do x y and z like mm-hmm. all of the things that you grew up with shape who you are and now you as an adult living you know on your own or even with a roommate even if you're sharing a space with a roommate or whatever like you're mm-hmm. not living at home you are out and about i mean you might be but if you're not yeah like you have the agency to make those choices of what you're going to continue doing or new things that you're going to do. And I think for you and for me, even, even you Dallas, like you said, like you're scared to make like, you know, certain things. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of the same way with a couple of other things too. It's like, but if I really want this and I really crave it and I miss it, like I genuinely can be the own, like the agent of this thing. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we're adults. We've moved away from home. And we might miss certain things. So like, why not just make those things? What are traditions you want to keep? Things you don't want to keep? Recipes you want to keep? Recipe Things you never want to make again. You're like, I hate it when mom and dad made this for dinner. Like, I never want to eat it again. Like, you don't Mm -hmm. have to do that. Like, you can make things that are not... You can make create a new favorite recipe. Mm -hmm. You could... Anything. It goes for anything. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's really important for us to think about that like if you've moved away from your culture and you miss it why don't you make it right yeah. why don't you why don't you make your culture happen in your space and in yeah. what you do and then if you're interested in it like me i love sharing yeah. my food like so yeah. you know maybe you can even bring that into the spaces that you're in yeah and if you don't have a parent you can go back to and say like hey how did i how did you make this you know there's plenty of resources online that'll get you there even if it's not the most authentic or even if it's not like exactly the way your mom did it or whatever Mm -hmm. like it can at least get you there and you can adjust it you know yep there's always a way there's always a way anything else my next venture is king cake
<gasps> okay, I want to learn how to make king cake with you. Okay, we're gonna, so that's our next venture, and we'll update you guys yes. on how that works out. But we're gonna maybe we can I can come over and one day and we can like make one together. Yes, and then we'll post it. Yes, deal. Okay, awesome. In case anyone was wondering what my next venture will be, it's gonna be king cake. Let's do that because I want to learn how to make it too. Yeah. <gasps> okay. Cool. Beautiful. Okay. Well, then that's gonna wrap up. That's gonna wrap episode. up. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed listening, and we hope you join us for the next one. And if you have any episode suggestions, comments, concerns, whatever you want to tell us, you can email us at the phd to be podcast at gmail or you can follow us on Instagram at the phd to be podcast. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.